So the big question is this, how do most agents who struggle to get the information that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper without this information? That's the big question, and this video cast is the answer. Welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. I'm your host, Pat Hyben. All right, Rockstar Nation, I have a special show for you today. It is the Wednesday news show. I got a new show that I've put together just for you based on very, very timely news for today. Yes, today. So we're going to try out this format. If you guys like it, we will continue it because there's so much happening with real estate news, real estate brokerages, things changing in the industry that I thought a short news program every single Wednesday would serve the Rockstar Nation the best. Of course, Monday and Fridays will be our regular shows and uh, I'm calling this State of the Market. Hope you enjoy it and let us know what you think. Send us an email to info at rebusuniversity.com or simply go on to Facebook and go to Next Level Agents. If you're not a member, please join or just go to Real Estate Rockstars uh, with Pat Hyben. There's another one out there now. So go to Real Estate Rockstars with Pat Hyben and, uh, and, and join that too. Give us a comment. Uh, any feedback is greatly appreciated. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Rockstar Nation. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. What is going on, Next Level Agents and Real Estate Rockstars? Hope you're all having a great day today. This is uh, the State of the Market update and podcast. And as you can see today, my co-host is significantly better looking and nicer to talk with uh, Karen, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm not going to tell Pat that you said that. Yeah, something tells me he's going to find out. Somebody on the team is going to tell him I said that. I know it. So, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Pat's a good guy. He can take it. So, hey, folks. Uh, so, Pat is out today. He is on. He's probably having more fun than we are, if, if, <laughs> if I know Pat. And uh, so, what we want to do is kind of have us still have a second voice in here. We thought it'd be fun uh, with Karen because Karen's kind of in the know of stuff that's going on as well. And also has a passion for what's going on in the real estate market and uh, and bringing uh, information to uh, to all the agents out there. So, Karen, uh, thank you so much for uh, helping us out today and joining us as a guest host. It's my pleasure. I'm so happy to do this. It's a little bit uh, different than what I normally do on a day-to-day, -day, so I'm thrilled to have this conversation with you. Awesome. Well, so, Karen, do us a favor. I, I, I put your bio up in the uh, post inside the Next Level Agents Facebook group, but... Uh, I'm sure not everybody read it, and we're obviously going to have a lot of people read this or watch later and listen later on Real Estate Rockstars, um, but tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, specifically, I want to talk about your real estate business and experience, but then you've got a Facebook group, too, that I would love to hear about. I do. I do. So I've been in the real estate industry now for 17 years, and uh, I am the owner of the Platinum Group Real Estate Team. We're with a little boutique brokerage called Pearson Smith Realty. We're located in Northern Virginia. We're about an hour outside of Washington, D.C., so we're part of that whole Washington, D.C. metro market. Um, and I am the founder of Empowering Women in Real Estate. It's a group for women. Um, we're all about supporting women in the real estate industry to take um, 
you know, our, our industry offers so much to us and it really allows you to sort of design your life the way that you want. And, and that is a big hot button for me. And, uh, and so that is a lot of what we talk about and do in our group. Um, I have a team, I think I mentioned, um, we are 24 women strong and, um, yeah, so love what I'm doing. That is awesome. Well, uh, luckily, you and I got the chance to chat a few times in the last week, a couple of days and talk about a few few different things that's going on. And we found out we both have a passion for like the what's going on in the industry. And one of the things that we were talking about was Purple Bricks. So Purple Bricks, the UK based brokerage, kind of the flat fee, you know, model of we're going to charge you a lot less. We yeah. might be a little bit of help you sell. Um, that it's, it started over in the UK and it's moved over in a, into the United States in the last few years. And, um, I want to say like maybe 2017 or something is when it launched in the U S and I know here at my home base in Phoenix, mm-hmm. uh, it launched at, towards the end of 2018. So a lot's been going on, but today it, it's, it's turns out they're, they're f- flipping up their model a little bit and kind of going away from this, uh, significantly reduced flat fee model and and starting to look more like a traditional brokerage. What's up with that? Isn't that interesting? You know, it just goes to show you that sometimes, you know, these hot new things come in and we all these disruptors for the industry and we all get a little nervous about it. But really, I think what it boils down to is what we're doing maybe isn't so bad after all. And, uh, you know, I kind of liken it to, um, you know, we were talking about bookstores, right? So I'm I'm a big reader. And um, years ago in our area, like, you know, seven, eight years ago, all the bookstores were closing. And now the bookstores have made a resurgence again. You know, it used to be everybody bought all their books on Amazon. I think people were missing that experience of having that real live walk into a bookstore. And so now brand new, big, beautiful bookstores are opening up all around me. So I'm wondering if it's sort of that same kind of thing. People realize they were missing something. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I don't, uh, to be totally honest, I probably don't know enough about Purple Bricks. Mm -hmm. I know some about them. I'm obviously aware of them. I've got a friend that owns a master franchise in the UK and he's kind of, you know, he said some stuff to me about Purple Bricks, not neither good nor bad, just sort of kind of factual uh, about his experience with them, with him being a franchise, a master franchisor. Um, and so I would say I wasn't too worried about them coming into Phoenix uh, or anywhere in the US. And, you know, just to see them make this change to me, that was a little funny. It, it makes me wonder like, okay, what did they learn from the whatever last year and a half or so in the US? Um, that made them go, Hey, we're going to switch things up. Maybe we're going to charge a little bit more. We won't, we won't charge after the deal's done. Like to me, that, that is, that's interesting. It makes me wonder what did they learn? Right. Yeah. You know what? That is fascinating. And and I wonder if we can ever find that out sometime because obviously they were testing some markets and testing some things here and something didn't work or they realized what was working and that's causing them to make the, I mean, I think this is a major shift to go more towards a traditional model when I think their whole thing all along has been not to be the traditional real estate model. So um, that's really a fascinating idea. Yeah. Interesting. So the agent now doesn't get paid until after a deal closes, which sounds a lot like a traditional brokerage. Um, You know, I I know they raised their price too. It was like, I think $3,200 was the number that they were talking about when they first launched and it's already up to 3,600. Now $400 doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a lot when you're talking about doing the number of uh, transactions that they need to do in order to hit their goals. Right. Um, 400 times, you know, a few thousand transactions. That's a lot of money. And so, yeah, yeah very interesting to me. I wonder what will happen with Purple Bricks if things continue to, you know, maybe not go the way they had planned them. Like, how will they adjust? What will they do uh, to make up for that? 
Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's interesting too. They're not, you know, they're not in my area or if they are, they're, they're not enough of any kind of a player for me to even know of them. I know that they're in yours. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how this changes things for them. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, you know. Amazing read for agents who want to blow their business up. Six steps to seven figures was an amazing read. Pat breaks it down into simple, actionable steps that have taken will almost guarantee seven-figure success in the real estate sales business. Couldn't recommend this enough. Wow, thank you for the awesome Amazon review, Garo215. Now, do you want to get your hands on this book for free and blow your business up? Here's how. Go to freesixstepsbook.com. That's free, S-I-X, stepsbook.com right now. Or simply text the word PAT to 444-999. That's text PAT to 444-999 and I'll send you a free book. And, uh, you know, so the other thing that you and I were talking a lot about off air was what's going on in Seattle, Washington. Because oh my gosh. Their price is right. Maybe out of control is the wrong word. I think of that. Uh, because in my mind, I'm comparing Arizona prices to everywhere else right. in Seattle that like it's just gotten com more competitive over the last few years. Yeah. And then I see this news about Microsoft planning to invest five hundred million dollars into affordable housing in Seattle and Puget Sound area just to alleviate the stress uh, in the because it's all high paying tech jobs. It's not all high paying tech jobs, but there's a lot, there's a big concentration of high paying tech jobs in the area. So to see Microsoft do that, that's interesting to me. What do you think about that? Well, so that's a really interesting message. And, and I have to think that part of their driver for doing this is an insane amount of money is, is making sure that they can attract top talent and retain top talent. Because obviously, this is going to affect their workforce, I think, pretty significantly. And so for them to be able to pump this kind of money in, that's going to allow um, their employees or just community members at large to um, afford more from a housing perspective. It's going to keep people there. And I think that's that, that's interesting. You know, we see sort of the opposite effect here where I am. It's very expensive to live here. Um, and so what we find is that a lot of our public service jobs, you know, policemen, firefighters, teachers, they can't afford to live here. So they work here, but then they commute into neighboring states of Maryland and West Virginia or to much further reaching areas. And so that is something that we talk a lot about here is just the affordability factor. And you have these people who are, are great assets to our community, but they, they can't live in and be a part of the community. So I have to wonder if that is part of the motivation that Microsoft is having for making this move. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised or, you know, who knows, maybe it's also to just not be seen as the bad guy, right? As one of those big, bad tech companies that right. drove up the price. And, you know, I think of like my, I'm originally from Northern California. It's not really Northern California. I'm called the Bay Area. Uh, I, was, I was meeting with someone the other day who was from Reading, and she's like, that's Northern California. I'm like, well, it's really Southern Oregon. But uh, that's neither here nor there. So like in the tech capital of the world, you know, or the other one, um, I, you know, I look at the, the housing prices that my, my family members pay. Yeah. And it's just ridiculous. I was telling somebody last night, my grandfather paid $20,000 for his house on an assumable. It wasn't, he just assumed his friend's loan. Wow. It was like a two-year-old house. He assumed it. Um, and 
paid off the loan, you know, over the course, I don't know, he's lived there forever. Mm-hmm. And that house today, I bet it's worth $750,000 in the current shape that it's in. Right. And if he did anything to it, it's probably a million dollars. I mean, he can't afford to live in his own neighborhood. Yeah. Yes, yes. We see that here a lot. I mean, you know, when people hit the retirement age, they're having to leave or we see those folks that, you know, purchase homes kind of closer into DC and they saying they've been there for 50, 60 years, but they can't, they can't afford to live in their homes anymore. And, you know, people are buying them for teardowns and they're paying, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred thousand just to bulldoze it and, and build these giant houses. So it's, it's, it's an interesting um, dynamic that happens in the way we see this happen with a lot of our neighborhoods. You'll drive through and you see, you know, sort of the holdouts or the people who've been there forever and the little rambler. And then, you know, two doors down, you've got like the, you know, 8,000 square foot. Um, and so it, it's um, it, it, it really changes things up a little bit. So uh, I'm really uh, will be interesting to follow this whole thing with Microsoft and see what this really does for their economy there. Yeah, no kidding, because, uh, you know, between Microsoft and Amazon and Redfin and, you know, all the other tech companies that are in the Seattle area, you know, all those tech high, highly skilled positions obviously bring highly paid workers, which then kind of, right. you know, it forces the competition into, you know, into that area. So it's tough. But the thing that stuck out to me here is we're not talking about a couple of dollars. We're talking about $500 million. That's yeah. half a billion. Huge. That is, that's that's a, that is the kind of money that um, hedge funds invest into startups and not even startups right. like into like Series B and right before companies go public and stuff like right. that. Right. You know, I think of like five hundred million dollars. Like, what could that turn into if you gave it to say Uber or you know, some other company? Yeah. So to me, when I when I see that, I I also can't help but wonder like how important is it to Microsoft yes. that this happens that they're willing to spend five hundred million dollars. Right to make this happen. And, you know, I'd love to hear from some folks, any of our listeners, whether that's, uh, you know, in a message to Pat or here inside the Next Level Agents Facebook group in a comment who might be in the air. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it because I just can't fathom that kind of money being spent for affordable housing that's coming from a uh, one single company and not the actual, you know, state government or national government, something like that. Absolutely. Well, and I think it is also, is it speaks to the health of their company, right? I mean, the yeah. fact that, that Microsoft is, is willing and able, frankly, to invest that kind of money and that they're going to pump it all in this one concentrated area. Um, it would be great to hear from some some listeners or some viewers who are there in Seattle, because I'm sure they have a whole inside story that we're not even thinking about. Yeah, no kidding. And it's funny you say that. I mean, specific, and who knows if this is exactly the way it is, but the couple articles I read was specific to Seattle and Puget Sound. Um, So it's not like they said, hey, we're going to go do it in, you know, Eastern Washington or in Bellingham. Uh, You know, they probably said, well, Ben Kenny can probably fund that on his own. So I'm sure I'm sure they'll let Ben do it. And in 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 Bellingham. But I just I found it interesting, too, that it was absolutely concentrated area. And uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. And I can't wait to hear some folk hear some hear from some folks in the area uh, about that. Well, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see from a long term perspective what this does for just their local economy, because, you know, as as housing becomes more affordable and people who are, you know, like you said, those 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 technical people who are working for Microsoft who are able to stay there in the area and work. That means they're going to have a lot more discretionary income that they're going to then be putting into their community and into their their area right there. So it'll be really interesting to see what the long term effects that this are going to be. Yeah, no doubt about it. I'll definitely keep my eye on it too. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'd be remiss not to mention Zillow. Obviously, they're headquartered there as well. And um, 
you know, who knows, maybe Spencer will pop in the group and make a comment for us. I'm sure he he's a smart guy. Uh, and so maybe he can share some insight with us. So I want you to think about the word toolbox. What is a toolbox? A toolbox is a box full of tools that you use to build something great. At Real Estate Rockstars, we've created our own free toolbox. So everybody that comes on the show as a guest brings a tool with them and we plow them all into this toolbox and we give it away for our viewing audience to basically use as they wish. Everything we put in there is an actionable item that can be downloaded, can be printed, can be used immediately. And we got things like scripts and dialogues, checklists for teams, checklists to keep agents accountable, referral forms that are filled out at settlement to get referrals by your buyers and sellers. Everything you could think of that you could use on a regular basis about real estate is included in this toolbox. And it's helping agents worldwide sell more houses and make their jobs a lot easier and processes much more efficient. And the thing is, it's absolutely free. All you gotta do is go to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or text the word toolbox to 444-999. That's toolbox 444-999. Do it now. At any rate, moving on. Speaking of Zillow, actually, I was thinking about a friend of mine, uh, Jay Thompson, and Jay used to work for Zillow. He, he uh, recently retired. He also, um, owned a brokerage here in the Phoenix area, my home base. Like he, he was known as the Phoenix real estate guy, uh, cause that was the name of his blog. And Jay had written an article. Oh, late, maybe it was December. So last month about really kind of the safety things that are going on safety wise in, in, in our world, right. As real estate agents, because we've now seen, I mean, just a few more people. Another one was it yesterday or the day before another real estate agent was, was ki tragically killed for, yeah. What seemed like a senseless reason? Yes, yes, it, it's it's um it's almost I don't want to say use the word pervasive, but like we're seeing it more and more. I mean, there was a story just um in the last month in our area in in Maryland, one of our uh, neighboring states, with a new home sales representative, and it was the same thing. And one of the things that um it, it's, it's so tragic on every single account. One thing that's kind of interesting and I think eye opening is as a woman in the industry, you know, I've been in business for 17 years. Um, people talk a lot and there seems to be a lot of emphasis to women about, you know, measures that we need to take for safety and, and being really aware and conscious of, um, of our surroundings and the people that we're meeting. And both of these two most recent high profile cases were involving men. And so I think that just shows that, um, everyone is susceptible to this, to this thing. And this is something that we need to be aware of as an industry um, and, and doing some things a little bit more differently to protect ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, no doubt. In fact, now I, gosh, I hate to keep just talking about bad news, but mm -hmm. there was another one in Miami. It was another, it was another man. Mm -hmm. Ironically it was from another realtor. It was a family member. Oh. Uh, I want to say son-in-law um, something to that effect. And so just, just, tragic news all around but so the reason i brought up jay's jay's uh name is he wrote an article and i wish i had it in front of me but he essentially you know mentioned the fact guys it's it's time to actually we actually do something about this like yeah. it let's uh, listen the gofundmes are great right because right. we got to take care of our people right we need to help each right. other out and we've got a hard enough job as realtors and into the the burden that that puts on a family mm -hmm. to have the loss of a family member especially if they are you know, a contributing uh, financially uh, member 
it's just, it's so great. And it's, it's time to just stop saying like, Hey, it's, you know, this sucks and it hurts. Like, but how do we actually make change? And what are those safety things we can do to, you know, we're not going to prevent every crime by yeah. any means, but there's obviously something we could be doing better. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and that's the million dollar or, you know, I guess the $500 million, if you want yeah. to go to Microsoft question. I mean, what could we we do? And, and certainly in, in no way blaming the, the victims in these situations, but no. are there things that as an industry we can do? Are there, you know, one of the things that I talk a lot about with um, women in my group and, and with my team is setting boundaries. You know, we need to be okay saying no. And yeah. if there's a situation where, you don't feel safe or it doesn't seem right or the person you're meeting, something doesn't add up. You need to be okay and confident enough to say, no, I'm not going to meet you or we need to meet at my office first or we need to not be afraid to lose the deal or to lose yeah. the potential sale. Um, you know, our lives are much more valuable than that. Right. And, and so I think sometimes a little bit of it boils down to that as an industry, we need to um, stop, you know, when I was brand new, we used to talk about, you know, pop tarting, you know, you would run out the door the minute somebody called and, um, and, and so that's a very dangerous practice. And so are there things that we can do as an industry as a whole to, to stop that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think there are, it's funny and not to, not to make light of the situation or, or to change the focus of it, but you talk about pop tarting and that makes me think about, you know, I've had a team with my business partner, Fred, uh, for, it'll be 11 years next week. Um, and, and I've only been in the business for just under 12. Okay. And, you know, one of the things that we changed early on was no pop tarting. Like you meet somebody in the office and, you know, at the time, to be frank with you, it wasn't a safety issue. That was not a safety thing. Although today it's very much a safety thing as well. It, but that was about us setting proper expectations with our clients and us being able to control our calendars uh, yeah. and, and being able to, you know, be seen as a professional by acting like a professional. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And, you know, we're sort of kind of going down a tangent that is important to me, but um, you know, one of the things that I say a lot is our value as, as real estate agents and as realtors is not in our availability. So there's so much more that we bring to the table than it being available in five minutes when someone calls and says, I need to see this house. Like I'm in front of it right, right. The second. So, um, so I think the, the sooner that we, can recognize our own value and stop listening to the chatter about, you know, the, the, you know, commissions and the running out the door and then this, that, and the other, and really recognize our own personal value um, and what we provide to our clients. And again, going back to the thing with purple bricks, obviously they saw something that with a traditional brokerage model that, that made a lot of sense. So maybe just maybe if we saw some of that value in ourselves, we could change some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, for the sake of our business growth and our future and, you know, especially with companies like Purple Bricks and iBuyers, so on and so forth, we don't need to kind of go down that rabbit hole today. However, um, by providing, seeing the value in ourselves, we can then obviously uh, bring that to the consumer, right? And really? hopefully be safer in the process and, and make sure that the incidences like this, you know, I'd love to go back to never hearing about these again, or, you know, the occasional one every few years. Uh, I felt like there was that one big one a couple year and a half ago or so. And then it's just been so many since and it's tragic. So yeah, I'd love really to have the thought. Really well, um, I'll tell you, there's a whole lot of other news going on out there. We could probably talk about this stuff for days. Uh, I mean, you and I have already now spent quite a bit of time talking about mm -hmm. uh, things, but uh, you know, 
by all means, we should probably get back to our day jobs. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure of it. And uh, and so, Karen, do me a favor real quick. Tell me the name of your Facebook group again. Sure. It's called Empowering Women in Real Estate. And uh, we would love to uh, add some more uh, folks to the community over there. That's awesome. So I know you're doing some really cool things there. So hopefully some of our next level agents uh, members will join uh, if they're not already members, as well as uh, some of our awesome real estate rock star uh, listeners who listen to the podcast faithfully. Uh, Pat's been building this machine for a while now. And gosh, I, I know he's a, he's going to be hitting 800 episodes here really soon. So it's pretty Amazing. awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. So great communities. Nothing like building a community within the community here in real estate. And I love people like yourself and Pat who are always looking to give back. So um, Karen, I just want to say thanks again for filling in for Pat. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again very soon. Well, thanks. It was a lot of fun. And I'm sure we'll talk later. Absolutely. All right. Next level agents and real estate rock stars. Have a great day. We will talk to you next time. Welcome, Rockstar Nation. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. Thank you for watching Real Estate Rockstars. Please give us a review wherever you're watching or wherever you're listening. We eat feedback for breakfast. And I don't care whether you give me a one-star review or a five-star review. I just want the review. I want to know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. Would love to improve things. Hey, and listen, please subscribe. The more subscribers we get and the more reviews we get, the better guests we'll get for you in the future. Feel free to reach out to me anywhere on social media. Just type in my name. I'm everywhere. And I look forward to meeting you in the digital world. Have a great day. And thanks again for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.